0: Hi, I'm Peter Alsop, and this week's song to chew comes from my Plug and Away album. It's called Hyperactive. Let's start it with the little intro I put on the album, which starts with an annoying kid we call Sweetie. You ready? Here we go with our song to chew for today Hyperactive.
1: Hi, Peter! Who's your friend? Hey, you want a candy bar, a gluey chewy ball? Want to stick a lick and make you sick treat? Hmm, do you? Hmm?
0: Hi, you're acting a little hyper. Are you okay?
1: sugar this morning. I mean, I like a little bit of cereal in my sugar, but you don't want to overdo it. You know what I mean? Don't you, hon? Don't you, hon? Don't you, hon? Don't you? Hey, you want to hear my new drum? Want to sing? Me and you. When I'm standing at the counter at the grocery store, my eyes are popping out of my head. With the bubblegum and chocolate. Sugar, stash, and no!
0: I was accompanied by a bunch of my old friends, my go-to regulars on this tune. Fred Tackett of Little Feet played electric guitar, Norm Roper was on drums, Peter Spellman on bass, with the marvelous Ms. Michelle Browerman on piano, and Miriam Cutler and Shelby Flint on background vocals. So let's chew on some of the ideas that this song puts out on the table. First of all, this song is a satire. The chorus keeps saying, sugar's good for me and you, over and over again. Yet the verses point out that refined sugar isn't healthy for our bodies, so you might ask, can kids understand satire? Or will they simply hear and believe that sugar is good for them? I'm guessing the people who would be most likely to ask this question are people who are not parents. Because even if you were somehow unaware that eating food with lots of refined sugar or loaded with corn syrup sweeteners is unhealthy for us, when and if you have children, you will actually have a first-hand experience watching the sugar high our little sweeties get after eating sugar-loaded snacks. Then immediately afterwards, we get to watch in horror as they crash and cry and whine and fight and get angry if they can't have more. So most parents learn this very clear message very soon after becoming parents because they have to deal with the aftermath. And then most parents constantly monitor their children's sugar intake for their children's health and also, importantly, for their own parental self-care as they don't want to have to deal with the nagging of their sugar addicted children or the imminent crash after using such substances. So yes, children can understand satire. They know when we're fooling around. They know that sugar is not healthy for them because most of them have heard their parents say a million times, no, you've had enough sugar. So this is actually just a fun way for kids to relieve some of their frustration about the limits their parents set for them. And you can sing along too if you have any lingering resentments about your parents telling you you couldn't eat sugar. So, just play it again. Of course, our worldwide capitalistic motto, let's sell as much stuff to our consumers as possible, creates advertising messages that indoctrinate kids and parents worldwide. I use the phrase, little sweeties, because it's a perfect example of how our cultures subliminally encourage the use of sugar treats by equating sugar with love and approval. We let our children and our sweethearts know we love them and approve of their behaviors when they do exactly what we want them to do by calling them names like Honey Bun, Sugar Pie, or Gumdrop, Mommy's Little Cookie dumpling, Jelly Bean, Daddy's Cupcake, Muffin, Gummy Bear, and Oh, How Sweet of You to Buy Me Flowers. We give them sees candy and Whitman samplers of Valentine gifts. We reward ghosts and goblins on Halloween by giving them candy to ward off their threatened tricks. The Easter Bunny brings chocolate eggs and marshmallow bunnies and chicks to little Christians because, of course, Jesus loves them. And we all know that on Christmas when Santa delivers toys, which he does almost efficiently as Amazon, we reward that jolly old elf by leaving him cookies with sweetened vanilla oat milk to wash them down. And we hang peppermint candy canes on the tree and eat rum balls and sugar crescent cookies because, well, we're celebrating, right? I'm sure I could go more deeply into any of our world cultures here, but I'll let you examine the connections between sugar and love in your own religious and family ceremonies. Our very first verse points out the confusing mixed messages kids get from parents who want them to eat a healthy breakfast, but then we buy them a box of cereal Those boxes of cereal on the grocery marketplace shelves make the message pretty clear that sugar is good for me and you. Just read the names. Sugar Pops, Captain Crunch, Lucky Charms, Honey Nut Cheerios, Fruit Loops, Apple Jacks, Frosted Mini Wheats, Cookie Crisps. And yes, I've been told that all the starches we eat get broken down into different forms of sucrose and that they help to power our bodies. But I also know that refined sugar goes into our bloodstream so fast that our body thinks we must have eaten a ton of apples. It expects more sugar will be coming along as we digest the food, so our pancreas puts lots of insulin into our bloodstream to counteract the expected sugar load. The insulin stabilizes the refined sugar, but our pancreas keeps making more, and we experience low blood sugar, which feels like we're hungry, so we eat again usually more refined sugar, and the hypoglycemic cycle goes round and round and round again. This is how sugar addiction occurs. There is still some controversy about the relationship between hyperactivity and the ingestion of refined sugar, but we know that eating like this makes us nervous, irritable, run down, and depleted. Our body doesn't get the vitamins we need. Sugar encourages bacteria to form in our mouth, and they produce acids that decay our teeth. Brushing and flossing once a day will disturb the growth of bacteria and protect your teeth, but wouldn't it be easier to just cut back on our sugar consumption? I know we could go on with this because it's not just kids who are addicted to sugar. Some of us grown-ups put three or four packets of sugar into our morning coffee. And hey, if we're really good and we clean our plate at dinner, we reward ourselves with a sweet dessert, even though we're already adults and already full. Or maybe we don't even bother to check in with our innards. We just deserve it, right? So here's a little exercise you can... Use to try to build your own internal body awareness. Eat a candy bar and then sit quietly and wait to see if you can feel a difference inside your body. Pay attention to your heartbeats and the way your blood feels in your cheeks and temples. How does the inside of your mouth feel? Think about what the inside of your stomach must look like. Try to build some stomach awareness about the food you eat instead of just using our mouth awareness, which is where most of us have been taught to focus. And then share what you learned with a friend and see what experiences they have doing this same exercise. <laughs> okay, we've chewed on this song a bit, and I try not to tell other people what to do, mainly because I don't want them to think that they need my approval. That's how all this started, with us just going along with what everybody else did instead of paying attention to our own internal controls, and we were looking for other people's outside approval. When we practice paying attention to how we feel when we eat, then we have some usable information and we can make informed decisions about how we treat our own body without having to look outside ourselves. It's important for you to decide how and what you want to eat without me or anyone else telling you what you should do. I will make a suggestion, however. How's this? Let's take better care of our bodies. I'm Peter Alsop. I'm glad you stopped by. I'll be back next week with another song to chew. Bye for now.